Welcome to the Cosmic Cafe, the companion podcast to thecosmiccircus.com. I'm Brian Kitson, and we have an exciting interview for you today. Dracula, a comedy of terrors, is currently playing at the New World Stages in New York City, but only for a few weeks more. I had a chance to not only see the show, but speak with Andrew Keenan Bolger, one of the stars of the play. In this interview, we explore his time in the production, from audition to now, some of the changes and updates to the classic Dracula tale, and also look towards what 2024 may bring him and his career. Enjoy! Hey there, Andrew. Thank you so much for joining us today. First off, I was able to come and see the show. I flew in from Michigan this weekend, and I was able to go to the Saturday show, Dracula, A Comedy of Terrors, and it was amazing. And I really appreciate the opportunity to come and see it. I just want to start off by asking you uh, if you could just tell me how you kind of got the gig or like how you started the process or like what kind of drew you to uh, Dracula. Sure thing. Well, first of all, thank you for coming and checking us out. Um, yeah, so I, I got involved with this project earlier this year. Um, I'd been a big fan of uh, Steve Rosen and Gordon Greenberg, who are the director, co-writers mm -hmm. of uh, Dracula Comedy of Terrors. And uh, I actually got asked to audition for a different show that they were doing um, in California and wasn't able to make that one work with my schedule. But when this came up, they were like, you know, this part actually was envisioned differently, but we'd love to see what your take on it might be. And so they asked me to come in and audition. Uh, and yeah, ended up booking it. It was, it was like a really, it was a real blessing to come uh, at that time of year. Uh, and yeah, and have been doing it ever since. That's so awesome. Do you know how it was kind of envisioned beforehand and how it changed when you took over the role? Yeah, I think uh, just physically, I think the character was very different. It, they've done a couple uh, productions of it prior to it opening uh, in New York. And I think the character was like very tall and lanky. And um, I think once I got cast, they, they really played up the sort of size differential uh, from me and James, who plays Dracula. He is fully a foot taller than me. Um, <laughs> and so just in... A lot of uh, the the staging of it, uh, it it became like a bit of a kind of sight gag that uh, we would get to play off of. Um, also, the uh, the story uh, evolved to be a bit more queer, which was something that uh, they had been wanting to do. Uh, just because the story of Dracula, there that is sort of inherent in it. Uh, also, Bram Stoker, uh, the author. Uh, while he probably did not have the language for it back then, probably would have identified as queer. He had some letter writing courtships that were sort of discovered after the fact. And uh, there's a lot of uh, just sort of like queer references throughout the book that they wanted to play with. Uh, and casting me as an openly gay actor, they're like, this might be a fun opportunity to get to play around with that uh, within the story of, of Dracula and make it be really a true kind of love triangle between Dracula, myself, and my fiance, uh, Lucy. Absolutely. Uh, having, I've, I've read it a long time ago, but there's a lot of those um, queer undertones to the story. And so to see those kind of played up on stage was really awesome. Um, okay. 
So can you just kind of give us a rundown of the characters or characters you play? Because you do play quite a few different ones. <laughs> There's a lot of costume changes and stuff on this stage, which was super cool to see. Um, and obviously sure. the first one kind of being Harker. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I play eight different characters throughout the show. Uh, yeah, my main one is uh, John Harker, who uh, anyone who's familiar with uh, the Dracula um, sort of lore is the person who first comes and meets Dracula and brings him to uh, to England. Uh, and yeah, I'm in a love triangle uh, between uh, my fiance Lucy and uh, Count Dracula. And then I also play like two suitors, uh, the bosun of a ship, a grave digger. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a mile a minute performance. Uh, all five of the cast members uh, other than Dracula, we all play multiple characters. So we're, we're running off stage, throwing on a hat, coming on as someone different. Uh, mm -hmm. it, is, it is an exhausting, but ultimately, I think, really satisfying uh, evening of theater that we get to do every night. It is, you know, you said fast paced and even for the audience, 90 minutes have flew by and the costume <laughs> changes and the, the character switches were some of the most exciting parts, you know? I mean, the whole thing was exciting, but when you came out with this, the two suitors, that audience roared with laughter. And I think that from that moment on, they were they were 100% sold, you know? Yeah, it's, it's hard to phone in a performance when you have an audience as engaged as the ones we've had on Dracula. So it is, it's been just really a nice treat as a performer getting to be in a show that I think is so funny and is so well-crafted and um, that audiences seem to be loving. Absolutely. You have done a lot of different characters across Broadway. Um, when my friend found out I was interviewing you, I think he about died because he's loved you newsies, you know, and Tug of the Lasting, which is one of my favorite novels. And, you know, so you played all these different incredible characters. Have you had a favorite that you played? Is it some, you know, Harker or is there someone else that you really are drawn to? Oh, man, I think, you know, when I um, I really loved just the experience of being in Newsies. And it was something that I got to be involved in from the very beginning, from the very first reading of it. Um, and at the time, uh, the character of Crutchy, it was like a pretty small part. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it really was not fleshed out beyond uh, sort of the character in the movie. And I think I was lucky enough that I had a good relationship with the folks at Disney Theatricals. I was uh, currently at the time, I was in another one of their shows in Mary Poppins. And I feel like definitely became a big advocate for that character and would try and ask questions uh, throughout the process. And over the course of a bunch of readings, I found that my part got bigger and bigger. Um, and that a lot of the attributes that I wanted to bring to him early on kind of ended up getting written into the show. Uh, so it was just a really satisfying, by the time that we landed on Broadway, I felt like I took a lot of pride in getting to play him every night and knowing that, while I didn't certainly write anything, that knowing that the, the writers had me in mind the whole time and were sort of crafting it around my strengths and the um, ideas that I was uh, bringing to the table. It was just incredibly satisfying and um, something that I look on with admiration always. It sounds like it was a really collaborative approach in developing that character. 
Yeah, it, it was it was so nice. Anytime that you get to be involved uh, early on in the project, um, I always think as an actor, that is such a gift uh, because you end up bringing a lot of yourself to it. And every night when you step on stage, um, I think it makes the work a lot less hard to sort of transform yourself if you have been able to show up in the development um, so that by the time you're walking on onto the stage, you can really ultimately be a version of yourself. For sure, absolutely. So then how does maybe prepping for some of these other characters that you played compared to prepping for this one in Dracula? Totally, I, I, this is very different. Um, a lot of it is knowing that I was playing multiple characters. I was figuring out how I can really differentiate all of these people so it's not confusing to the audience. Um, a lot of it was like, honestly, vocal work. It was looking at um, what kind of accents each of these characters would have. They all have a different, they're all from a different region, which I think was a good starting point. And figuring out how they spoke was a good way of differentiating them and then figuring out their kind of physicality. If this one holds himself up very prim and proper, if this one is sort of hunched over, um, figuring out that kind of vocabulary. Um, it's unlike anything I've ever done. And definitely, uh, I think my like bachelor's of fine arts education really came into play uh, in, in ways that I was really thankful for. Also, I went to Michigan, so fellow Michigander here. I, I found that out as I did some <laughs> research and I was just like, you know, that is super cool to, to see someone from, you know, the Mitten State make it in, in doing a successful show that's, I mean, the show's on TikTok all the time and Instagram and I've seen it everywhere and everybody seems to love it. So that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I have tremendous pride for my home state and for my home city of Detroit. Uh, so any chance I can <laughs> do my state in my hometown proud, I'm, I'm always happy. That's fantastic. You know that you mentioned about the accents and having, you know, I, I've known about you for, for a long time. I follow you on Instagram and stuff like that. And when you came on stage and you had, you know, uh, you know, you had a very British accent. And I was like, did I miss something here? And, you know, <laughs> and you did excellent work with every character, did have a very distinct personality and accent. And I think that I was amazed at how, you know, I've seen some other shows and there's not always as, the accents don't come as easy. And you did like a fantastic job switching between them. Um, oh, so well, thank really cool you so much. I honestly, accents have never been my strength. It's a class I took in college that I did not excel in. Uh, and I think for the show, just because it was being put up pretty quickly, I think I had like two hours with our dialects person. Uh, but it was it was a lot of uh, practice and like trying to listen back to myself and be like, that doesn't sound right. Um, yeah, so uh, thank you. That actually means a lot to me uh, because oftentimes, like especially when I'm playing the three suitors, mm -hmm. um, I'm bouncing between three different accents, basically line to line. Um, and I admit I have a couple of times um, said the wrong suitor with the wrong accent. And you're like, oh, well, whoops. That'll happen sometimes. It happens. I mean, that hopefully no one noticed. <laughs> Well, if you did it at ours, nobody noticed at all. They were all loving it way too much. So, um, but that I'm sure that has to be very challenging having to switch between accents. I've, I've heard that that's hard, you know, especially in 
people who are doing shows or uh, I mean, I television shows, they have to stop and reset and stuff. And you just were switching between them within seconds. Yeah, no stopping on, on off Broadway. <laughs> if, if we mess up and just keep going. Uh, so for you, what has maybe been like the most like a challenge with the show or something that you've been really gratifying that has been gratifying about this experience for you? Sure. I mean, honestly, I think the most challenging thing is I think energy and the routine of doing a long run. We we started rehearsals for this back in August and we're closing in January. So it's been a fairly long run and we're having to do the same show eight times a week. Um, and it's a physically demanding show. I, I, I sort of thought uh, getting to do a play rather than a musical, I was like really looking forward to it, just thinking that that is going to be easier on my body. But my energy <laughs> reserves, like I, I really do have to protect them to make sure that I can get through the show every night. And so that's definitely been a challenge. Uh, it's also, I think, especially as we are nearing the end of our run, something that I've been proud of. Like no one in our cast has missed a show yet. We've all like shown up and given it our all every single day and um, and still I think managed to keep the show fresh and feeling funny and allowing ourselves to try out some new things uh, throughout the run and making sure that it crackles in the same way that it did uh, when we first opened. Sure. Has it changed since the, you first opened? Like, has there been changes over time? It's funny. I I always have a hard time sort of gauging how different things are <laughs> because things are so incremental and in how you're saying a line or maybe how you're responding to something where it does not feel super different, but I am sure, like oftentimes I will see, because our stuff goes viral on TikTok all the time and they'll show an old clip from the show and I'm like, Oh God, yeah, I guess I did say that line very differently from how I say it now. Um, but I think while you're in it, it is, it's just trying to respond in a natural way, which ultimately it, it shifts just a tiny bit every single night. Sure, absolutely. With the show, you know, you get to play two versions of Jonathan. You know, you get to play the the nervous, anxious one, and then also the the less reserved uh one towards the end. Uh, do you have a favorite one that you like to play more than the other? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like playing sexy Harker. It's fun, especially as someone who is, I'm, I'm a short guy, I'm five foot four. Those are not any kind of personality traits that anyone has ever asked me to bring to a project being like <laughs> hyper-masculine, uh, kind of like douchey, sexy, mm -hmm. like himbo guy. Um, so I just have a lot of fun, like sort of sending up the, those kind of attributes. I, I, uh, when I was trying to figure out how I should play him, I actually watched, cause it's hard to watch. Like, it's like, let me think of like the people who are like hyper, hyper masculine. Mm -hmm. And I was having trouble finding anyone who was like finding references that like totally made sense for that. I ended up finding, I think my biggest inspiration from watching drag kings uh, who are women uh, like dressing up as men. And I found that they like, they really perform gender in a way that is really interesting that can sometimes be funny, sometimes be a critique and sometimes just be like a realistic impersonation. And I found that they were doing just really funny, like exaggerated 
fun things that I I may have borrowed a little <laughs> bit from from some awesome drag kings on on YouTube, <laughs> just watching stuff, and then also watching. Um, I watched a lot of videos of like exotic male dancers from <laughs> from like Las Vegas shows and like picked up some of their moves and just some of their mannerisms. Things that like I don't think any real men actually act like, but mm -hmm. it is sort of filtered through the media lens of like this is what male masculinity performance looks like. Uh and and I, I try to implement that every night and while also absolutely poking fun at the ridiculousness of it. That was one of the awesome parts of the show is that you had the, a lot of this commentary, you know, through the lens of the 1800s. And one of them was, you know, using drag and stuff like that and using this mm. exaggerated, per, you know, performance of, you know, sexy heartbreak, as you call them. Um, and it, it was great. It was fantastic. It was exactly, I think, the, the, the callbacks that we needed to be like, yeah, sometimes things are... <laughs> Yeah, so it, it, it has been really fun. Uh, we play with gender a ton. A lot of um, actors are at times playing uh, gender representations that are different than their own. And it, especially with the kind of like stilted Victorian language and uh, just expectations of um, both men and women at that time, it, when delivered through a woman playing a man, playing a woman, playing a man mm -hmm. is, I think the commentary resonates in an even more interesting way that can like really poke fun at some of the ridiculous um, social norms of the time, some of which <laughs> still exist today. Absolutely. And also for your 100th show, you actually had some relatives of Bram, Sto Bram Stoker in attendance. Yeah. What was that like for you? Yeah, that was wild. So uh, Dacre Stoker, who is, I believe his great Bram Stoker's great grand nephew mm -hmm. um came and checked us out and he he has gone on to be both like a scholar of his um great grandfather <laughs> once removed I don't <laughs> I can't figure out that genealogy but um but has also written um I think like a couple books one that is like a prequel to Dracula that okay. have been um like super well regarded in the literary world so it was fascinating to meet him and he was so um effusive in his praise in that his family just like really loves seeing how creative people have gotten with this story and that like mm -hmm. comedy is absolutely like a really fun venue um and that his family would have just like loved every moment of this which was pretty cool Absolutely. I know we're, we're getting close to time, but I was just wondering with the show closing up soon, what, you know, is there, what's next on your docket? What's 2024 look like for you? Yeah, I'm, I'm lucky enough. I'm going into, uh, I'm going to start uh, another playoff Broadway. I don't, I don't think it's been announced yet, so I, okay. I can't say anything, uh, sure. but yeah, I'm, I'm doing a play. I'm, uh, I think I'm directing um, my first feature film at the end of uh, 2024, which I'm really excited about. Um, and I actually, I have a book coming out uh, that I recently uh, sold. So uh, all of them forthcoming. <laughs> if you follow me on Instagram, I'll, <laughs> I will be quite shameless in letting the world know about all these many things that um, I'm really looking forward to in the new year. 
of course, as you should. You, you have a lot to look forward to, and we are all looking forward to seeing where it goes. And as well, I hope that um, the last couple of weeks in your show, Dracula Comedy of Terrors, is as exciting as the time I got to enjoy it. So, Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time, um, and I appreciate talking to you. Of course. It was my pleasure, Brian. And thank you for coming and checking us out. Absolutely. Take care. See ya. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Cosmic Cafe. You can find the companion article for this podcast, along with all the other news for those who like superheroes, science fiction and fantasy films, TV shows, and other media at thecosmiccircus.com. Have a great day!